0: Hello friends and welcome back to the Bikes or Death podcast. My name is Patrick and I am your host and it has been three weeks since I released my last episode with Pepper Cook. It feels like forever. I apologize, Um, but we're back. So let's put the past behind us. Today on the podcast, I have four students from Jared Foster's adventure media class at Texas Tech University. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll probably have heard about Jared Foster. I've been on uh, trips with his class before to Big Bend Ranch State Park. Um, I've interviewed one of his past students, episode number six with Anna Claire Beasley. Uh, anyway, so there's a lot of content. Uh, so you'll be very familiar with this class. But if you're not familiar with it, the culmination of this class is a five-day bike packing trip. It moves locations, but uh, last year and this year it was uh, scheduled to be at Big Bend Ranch State Park. Um, This year, due to the COVID-19, these students were cut short. Um, and so Jared had to get creative as a lot of professors had to do and find ways for his students to be able to fulfill their uh, class objective and get a grade. So uh, he gave me a shout and pitched me with this idea to have uh, my podcast in this episode be a part of these students' grades. So he has other students that did other things, but uh, for f- these four students this podcast is actually a school assignment now it's not as cool as going bikepacking in big bend and i'm really bummed for these students having got to participate um, in that course with the students last year i know how special that is i know that they all worked very hard and prepared and planned and did all the things that any of us do when we're getting ready to go on a big trip like that and unfortunately it was cut short, and this podcast is probably a poor substitute for that trip. Um, but nonetheless, I was happy to help and really honored that he would even ask me uh, to participate. What I really love about this episode is the perspective of first-time bike packers. So if you're new to the sport, thinking about getting into it, you may find this episode particularly interesting. These are students who uh, went from little to no experience, maybe didn't even have a bike and within, you know, a few months are bikepacking uh, for the first time ever. So it's a great perspective for those who are looking at experiencing this maybe for the first time, or if you're a newcomer, maybe you'll be able be able to relate to some of their stories. All right. Well, before we get to the show, let me just remind you that this show is a hundred percent listener supported. There are no advertisers. There are no sponsors. I'm not going to hop in 30 minutes into the episode and be like, this episode is brought to you by underwear, underwear. You wear it everywhere. See, I don't do that. Instead, I ask that if you can, Find a way to contribute to the growth of this show. Uh, you can head over to BikesOrDeath.com. There's lots of ways you can sign up as a Patreon. You can give a one-time pay- PayPal donation if you think an episode is super rad, or you get a stimulus check in the mail and you're like, man, I don't need that money. I'm gonna give that to Patrick. Or maybe you need a patch, a sticker, a shirt, something cool. We got a store with lots of great merchandise. And let me remind you that the coronavirus sale is still going on. So if you enter C19 into the coupon code checkout thingy, uh, you will save 19% on everything in the store. How great is that? And lastly, don't forget, please head over to iTunes, leave a rating and or a review. It's very helpful in introducing the show to other people who are seeking out this kind of content. All right, everybody. Let's get to the show. And as always, Miles Arbor is going to lead us off with the intro song. Take it
1: away, Miles. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your bars, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. Yourself, you left a super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes, oh, death. Bikes. Oh,
0: oh, oh, death. Podcast. today. I have some special guests with me. Uh, joining me on Zoom are Jared Foster's, well, at least four of Jared Foster's adventure media students. And if you've been Following along, the podcast, you know that I've uh, become good friends with Jared, and we've done some trips together, and with COVID-19 hitting right in the middle of the semester, uh, his Adventure Media students weren't able to go out and do the entirety of the course, so he asked me to jump in and help him grade the students, so welcome to class. <laughs> this is really fun for me since I never went to college. I feel woefully unprepared for this, but... Um, Taylor is one of the students. Will you give us a rundown of what the class is for anybody who hasn't heard of it yet? And also just kind of like take us through what y'all have experienced in the class up till now.
2: Yeah, for sure. So Adventure Media is a course in the College of Media and Communication at Tech. Basically, it's a mountain biking class that combines media production uh, anyone can apply. People with no mountain biking experience, last year a girl did it that had never <laughs> ridden a bike before. So it's open to everyone, but basically we spend a semester training to go on a week-long bikepacking trip to Big Ben Ranch State Park and create uh, video and uh, photography content um, to have that be graded at the end of the semester. So this semester began with uh, bike trips here in Lubbock every two weeks as a class. And then we moved on to a little bit harder uh, at Southland. That was about 30 miles, whereas we were only riding about 16 to 20 before. And then we eventually did uh, an overnighter, Caprock Canyon. And throughout all of these, we were producing media, learning how to produce media, photographs, taking video of each other. Uh, and this was all in preparation, like I said, for a week-long bikepacking trip that was canceled three days before we were supposed to leave because uh, of COVID. Oh. So that is where we're at right now. And uh, now instead of producing that content, this group is going to be making this podcast nice. um, as our as our final product for
0: this class. Cool. Well, I'm very excited and honored to be a part. How heartbreaking was it for you when three days before the trip you'd worked all semester to go on the trip and you had it pulled out from underneath you it
2: was really sad uh, my bike was completely packed like weeks worth week worth of snacks food water prepared and all of it um, so to go I went into dr. Foster's office the morning of actually and so he told me face to face that it was uh, cancelled and it was just... It was really sad. It felt like um this whole semester leading up to this awesome trip and so to have it, you know, end so quickly. Along with really the rest of this semester has just been kind of crushing.
0: Yeah. I I really can't imagine and I'm kind of bummed y'all didn't get to go, but again, I'm happy to step in and chat with you guys and have a little bit of fun at least and talk about some bike packing. Uh Just by way of intros, um, why don't we have everybody go around? And just for people listening, this is we have four students, and so you know, a lot of times my my podcasts are very conversational, but we've decided that uh, we're going to try not to talk over each other and stuff, so it'll be a little be a little bit more question and answer. Um, But just starting off, if we could all just go around and introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background, and specifically in with cycling and with camping. Um, Colby, why don't you start us off and we'll go down the row.
3: Well, I'm Colby Donnell. I'm a CMI and communications major at Texas Tech. Uh, my experience with biking and camping, I'd, I had a lot of camping experience growing up uh, because I lived on a ranch and worked cattle overnight a lot. So camping was a lot, but biking, i uh, mountain biking in specific I'd only done it once before, and I ended up breaking my leg. uh, Went off the side of a small cliff.
0: When? uh, How long ago did you have that experience?
3: About a year and a half ago. Oh, uh, I was pretty fresh. Yeah, it was. uh, Where was? I I was in Paladuro, and uh, took a wrong turn. Oh,
0: were you on the Comanche (laughs) Trail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's where it can get a little gnarly up there.
3: Yeah, no, I went uh, down that. It was my first time, and I thought I was ready for it and was not.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty technical, but good for you for trying. I'm curious about uh, growing up on a ranch. I mean, that's very Texas and very country western. Like, are you herding cattle and you have to sleep out there? Because, okay, modern day, right, cowboy, you don't have to sleep out on the range very often, I would think
3: not too much. Uh what would happen is our free-range cattle uh would get lost in like the thicker brush. Uh. And so my uncle would have to send us out after them and if we couldn't find them in the daylight, we'd have to camp out on bedrolls. I like it. I love
0: that, man. Uh Nay, how about you?
4: Hey, so my name is Najila Hopkins. I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm a public relations major and a political science minor. Um, Particularly, I had no experience mountain biking. Um, I'm from Houston, so the outdoors, as far as country life is not, had no experience with that. I've never been camping a day in my life. So taking this class was kind of like a way for me to get out of my comfort zone and also get a media production um, experience. But unfortunately, getting out of my comfort zone, I ended up getting hurt the first class. So, yeah, that's what
0: happened. Yikes. Well, what, what did happen in the first class?
4: <laughs> so a lot happened, particularly the first time I crashed. I was trying to avoid a tree trunk, and I hit the tree trunk and, like, went over the bike and then face fell face forward. Then the second time, I think I was going down some type of climb, and my seat was really high and I wasn't used to that. So trying to get on the bike and being on that climb, I kept falling off, so then I fell in a pile of sticks. Um, Another time I was trying to climb up one because I didn't want to ride it. And I ended up rolling over my ankle, fell a couple more times and just. But the only thing is, I didn't know I was hurt until I got home. So I went the full, I think it was like 18.2 miles we did. So I did the full 18 miles without even noticing I was hurt.
1: Wow.
0: Do you have background in like other sports, other athletics growing Um, up?
4: I did dance growing up. And I did a little bit of, like, track in, like, elementary school, but that was it. Like, my main wow. um, athleticism was dance, so that was really it.
0: Wow. Yeah, so this is big stretch outside your comfort mm-hmm. zone. Very cool. Well, not that you got hurt, but <laughs> cool that you tried it something so far. I mean, this is, like, out there for most people, but, you know, um, yeah, it's just crazy. All right, Taylor, how about you?
2: Yeah, so I'm Taylor. I'm a senior public relations major, and I would say that my past experience with camping, at least, is uh, what I would call haphazard, mostly just me and my friends or me and my family kind of planning last minute, going out camping, not really preparing the best, which is what I'm used to and pretty much how my experiences in this class have been as well. (laughs) But um, not really any experience mountain biking at all so that was uh all new for me
0: yeah what about just cycling in general
2: um i would say that i mean biking was in the wheelhouse for sure just um as a kid i did like a couple triathlons when i was younger so oh, biking wow. was a, a little bit of a thing but um not intensely
0: when you were so. younger i mean you're not that old right now how old were you when you were doing tries
2: oh I did them when I was like, like they were like child triathlons. That's I so was like cool. eight, I think.
0: Did your parents <laughs> get you into that?
2: Um, I honestly have no idea. I think it's just my dad pretty much signed me up for every <laughs> sport and athletic competition in my entire life. And he was like, okay, you're going to do this. Oh, I'm nice. Saying.
0: All right. Okay, cool. Well, now I'm curious did you like land on one as being your favorite if you've experienced them all?
2: Oh, sports wise, um, I played soccer from 3 to 18, Uh, so my whole life played competitive soccer from 10 to 18 and stopped only after I tore pretty much everything in my right knee.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry I'm laughing, but soccer is a brutal sport. So, like, cardio-wise, I'm guessing you were in really good shape for the class,
2: yeah, I would say I'm in pretty good shape. Um, since college started, obviously, I don't really play soccer, but I run pretty obsessively, so.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, that, that's a good head start. All right, uh, hold on, who we got? Colton, sorry, I forgot for a second.
5: All right, Colton. Hi, I'm Cole Rohrbach. I am a freshman architecture and business major at Texas Tech, and I hail from the little town of Texaco, New Mexico. <laughs> uh, I had no mountain biking experience going into this. I rode bikes just like a tiny bit when I was a kid. I mean, I can ride a bike, but nothing too extreme. I've been camping a couple times. The reason I got in, like into the class was I was kind of just looking for something to fill the void that I left behind from sports. Because I just graduated. I've been filled every bit of my summers and every waking minute with sports, basically. And, and since that was gone, I was trying to come up with something that was gonna kind of replace that and I was looking through the course catalog and saw this and I was like this looks awesome I gotta do it
0: (laughs) you came from a town of how many people
5: very close to 1,000
0: wow and your whole life huh yeah I mean you lived there your whole life I moved around
5: when I was a kid but since first grade I've been in Texaco wow yo I've got you beat though how many Vera Texas
3: population 30. Wow. And that's Colby. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the answer to that void Colton is alcohol. Lots of alcohol. Don't
0: tell my parents that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got to keep this friendly for the parents. Uh well, so the void from sports being that you're just in college now, you're not a professional or not a professional, but you're not a collegiate athlete and so you were just looking for Some more athletic pursuits?
5: Yeah, just really anything to get into. I was involved in just about everything in my school. And then I contemplated going on and playing some college sports. But in the end, because of a couple of different decisions, I just decided to stick with academics and just start living the rest of my life.
0: What about like your, you know, you grew up in a small town. Well, both of you guys, obviously, but, um, this desire to like see what else is out there i mean was any of that a component of it or was it just the physical aspect of getting outside and doing something crazy
5: it was both i've traveled a little bit for honestly mostly with athletics i got to travel a little bit but still i'm from a town of one thousand people with no landscape i was ready to go see some new stuff and i definitely got to with this opportunity Awesome. Cool. Well, we'll talk some more
0: about it. Thanks guys for all being here. Um, the The reason I love this class and I'm excited about this podcast is, or this episode is because, um, I mean, this is what I want to do. I want to get people who have never experienced the outdoors or bikepacking or camping or whatever it is just to get outside and to experience it. And so Jared does that. He takes people with little to no experience, with very diverse backgrounds, and he puts them in some really crazy, epic situations and and kind of teaches you some stuff along the way, which is impressive. I'd just be trying to focus on keeping you guys alive, but... <laughs> um, but I, I love that and I, um, I'm excited to share y'all's perspective because there's a lot of people out there who want to get into bikepacking, who have never gone on their first camping trip, who have their own fears or trepidations, uh, whatever it may be. Um, so uh, looking forward to talking to y'all. Thanks for being here. And uh, I want to start off with uh, uh What kind of prepper research did you do about bikepacking before this class?
4: Um, so particularly when I applied, I didn't really know what it was. I was just trying to get in it. And then once I did the interview, it wasn't until what I really like, Oh, like we're literally like on a bike, everything's in a backpack and you're like, just like, you're just going. So I was like, okay. And then he told me about a girl that had never ridden a bike before who did it. So I was like, if she can do it, I can do it. So I would see the video in the college of media and communications and I would look at it. i would be like, okay not particularly what i'm used to but i feel i still think that i can do it so it's like watch the big ben video um i learned a little bit from dr foster during the interview as far as um physical preparation it was more so workouts because ever since i got into college i've been big on like working out at least twice a day so during christmas break I had a friend who wanted to be um, a personal trainer, so I would go to the gym with him and work out with him. Also, I had a friend who was on the track team, so I would go with her and do her um, individual workouts. So That was really the only preparation I could do because I didn't have access to a bike. So I kind of just did what I could and was like, jumped into it.
0: (laughs) What about, I mean, what were you thinking when you were watching that? What what was the name of that bikepacking video, the Adventure Media one? Was I in, was it the one I was in? Um, I'm not. You don't remember? It's okay. Sure. I had a very important role. But
4: <laughs> I'm not sure. It's been a minute was, since I watched it.
0: It's, yeah, it's all good. I know that uh, I can't remember the title of it, but the class that I went on in 20 shit. What are we in now? Was it 2019? Yeah, 2019. Uh, they they produced a video. Um, but I guess the question is, do you remember? like having any feelings like what the heck did i sign myself up for
4: so after the interview got closer to the class and closer and closer to the ride and i would it would just still be displaying in the MCOM building And sometimes i'll just stand there and watch it and i'll be like can i really do this like i would literally second guess myself (laughs) and then i'll have to turn around and be like you signed up for this class for a reason you spent money on the class so you're gonna do it like when i would see like the the hills and, like, the rocks, and they had all these cuts and, you know, bruises, and I was like, I don't think, I don't, I don't know if I could do
1: this,
4: (laughs) but at the end of the day, there was a purpose for me getting in the class, so it wasn't an option of backing out or dropping the class, so I was like, you know what, it's a new experience, a new experience comes new challenges.
0: Yeah. What was your main motivation for being part of the class?
4: Experience and just... Um, experience experiencing kind of just getting out of my comfort zone because when I would tell people this is specifically after I got hurt when people ask me oh how did you get hurt and I'll say mountain biking and I grew up in a predominantly African-American neighborhood so a lot of my friends are African-American and they would tell me have you not looked at your skin color? So apparently African-Americans don't go <laughs> like bike mountain biking and bikepacking. So I kind of <laughs> wanted to like combat that too, because I don't fit the description, but that doesn't mean that I yeah. can't do it.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I appreciate that. I will say that African-Americans are underrepresented in bikepacking. Mm-hmm. And like, I have only met one uh, female African-American bike packer. since I've started doing this. And, uh, so I think it's good. We need examples cause people, they learn from examples. Whenever you see somebody else, you're like, oh, okay. Other people do do it. And then something like unlocks in your mind, you know? So I think that's cool. I really do. Um, and it's something I hope that, like, this show can continue to do is, uh, is is show, like, that anybody can go do this. It doesn't matter your experience, race, gender. It, do- it just doesn't matter. Anyone can go do this kind of stuff. Um, did you, What was your biggest fear going in to the class?
4: My biggest fear? I had quite a few fears, but it was more so on the camping side of it. Never been camping, so I didn't know, like, you had to... Use the restroom outside. I didn't know that, like, there was no signal out there, so I was really adamant about getting a um, phone charging case. So it's a case that charges your phone without actually being like plugged in. So I was really adamant about getting that because I was like, I don't care if I don't have signal. When I get signal, like, I don't want to like have an emergency and not be able to call nine one one. So I refused to let my phone die. So that was my big thing is yeah. kind of just being digitally disconnected. And having to use a restroom outside and camping and sleeping outside.
0: (laughs) How old were you when you got a cell phone? Do you remember? I
4: was like maybe 14, 13 or 14 years old.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be like the first time in a long time you'd be like disconnected from your phone, like out in the middle of nowhere. You can't call anybody. Can't call your mom and say, hey, I'm good. I mean, you're just out there. It's a real, it's a real like sombering experience when you realize how vulnerable you are and you put yourself in a position you're like, dang, man, I'm not used to this. Uh, Okay. How about Taylor? Um, What kind of expectations did you personally have going into the class?
2: Yeah. So I think I actually didn't have that many expectations. I'm really, really bad about seeing a class. Or seeing an opportunity, seeing a choice, and then saying, like, yeah, I should I should do that. And then after I make that decision, I feel really good about it and just don't think about it until whatever's coming happens. Wow. And then deal with it, um, which sometimes works out. Um, but <laughs> of the expectations I did have, I think that one thing I was maybe nervous about was... Um, I guess, the gender ratio in the class. I was in a weightlifting class this semester and surrounded by male students um, and treated... I mean, I don't know how else to say it, but treated like a stereotypical girl, I guess, being taught how to lift weights, being taught how to do things I've done since... I was in middle school.
0: You were getting mansplained Um, a lot.
2: Yeah, a lot. And so I was kind of nervous, you know. I was like, oh, this is, like, a really athletic, like, this is a class for, like, people who, like, I was just afraid it was going to be a really Mm -hmm. male-dominated class where I just wasn't going to maybe enjoy myself that much. But I was really surprised in two ways. One, this class is full of super strong women, like... There are so many super strong girls in this class that are so inspiring. And two, the guys in this class, completely different from my weight training class. (laughs) Um, But so cool, so supportive, such a place to feel equal and powerful and strong. So my expectations were definitely um, incorrect.
0: Can I ask you to talk a little bit more about where that fear stems from? I mean, was it just from this class that you took with these, the the weightlifters, where you were just like, I don't want to subject myself to that again, or is it deeper than that?
2: Uh, I would say, I mean, when you're a female athlete, that's just kind of your life. Mm. Um, Like I said, since like middle school, you know, I've been in sports my whole life, like did triathlons, played pretty much everything that you can play. Um, But, you know, you're in high school and you're doing the same workouts um, as the male athletes. And when you talk about being an athlete, it just it doesn't come off the same. You don't get treated the same. It's, uh, It's a very different experience. And so going into especially you know kind of an isolated athletic experience I'm not you know in high school you have a team you're on the soccer team you have all these girls with you it's uh, a little bit different than going into a class where it's just you so
0: yeah I think you would like bike bikepacking uh, for the fact that we have some examples actually we have a lot of examples of women who are just complete badasses leah uh, Wilcox is one who's been on the episode or been on the podcast a couple of times, but she has the record or she won. Sorry. I should repeat that. She won the 2017, uh, Trans Am. Sorry. I thought for it's, it's all the way across America. So, uh, it's like 17 days all the way across America, fully self-supported. You're carrying all your stuff. Same, I mean, same thing y'all were doing, but she, she beat the, 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 all the guys, she beat all the women. She beat everyone. Uh, we have Alexander Houchin who, uh, won the the women's tour divide last year on a single speed. She was wearing like, y'all know, Doc Martin boots and, uh, just like cut off jeans and like, not even like kitted up like you would expect a professional cyclist or whatever, but just some, I mean, I could go on and on. I've been lucky to have some really amazing female athletes on, uh, the, the podcast, but this little sector of the sporting world and to me to me it almost feels more like a lifestyle you were talking about how the the people that were attracted to this course were i don't know there's maybe a better vibe or whatever and i i've noticed that as well too like for whatever reason the people who are drawn to this kind of activity they're all usually pretty chill cool people you know i don't know they they just seem to I don't know. I like them. <laughs> and I'm one of them, so I guess I should should like them. Uh hey, how about you Colby? Uh what did you have any fears going into this course?
3: Well, uh one of my main fears was uh just because i had broken my leg the previous time I'd rode. And uh the whole reason I signed up for the class was because um in past experiences I had um You know if i'd ever gotten bucked off or something like that i was always told to get right back on so for me um it didn't sit well like being in the cast for like a year um you know i was ready to get back on and uh conquer that fear i'm I'm a big um, advocate of uh, always trying to conquer your fear no matter what it is so
0: so what were your fears other than i mean was your fear just that you would fall again and get injured
3: Oh, I mean, honestly, like I I didn't want to break my leg again. But um, the other fear kind of behind it is was I still in physically good enough shape to do it? You know, I'm a senior now and uh, I've had one too many beers. So so for me, uh, it was just making like being able to finish it was kind of a pride thing.
0: Yeah. What about, uh, let's talk real quick about your personal training going into the course since you mentioned your fitness.
3: You know, uh, crazy thing is, is I did not do a dang thing going into this. I uh, figured I'd wing it, and uh, it didn't catch up to me until the day before the Southland ride. Uh, I'd had a bad week. My girlfriend had ended up in the... Wait,
0: what is the Southland li- ride first?
3: Uh Southland ride uh, was one of the... We did the Southland Loop in Southland, Texas, uh, and it's basically a 32-mile uh, ride off the Llano Estacado. Uh yeah, which uh you're riding down the whole way in and then you ride back up on the way out. Um gotcha. but the day before that I'd had a rough week that week and uh my girlfriend had ended up in the emergency room. I was sick, you know, so I, I was severely uh lacking nutrition like the food. I, I didn't eat enough food that week or drink enough water and so we go on like a, a little warm up ride the day before and about five miles in I had to cancel. Like, I had to, like, back out, and I was like, man, I'm I'm in this bad of shape, and then... Is that
0: the one where Jared pulled you?
3: Yeah, Jared pulled me out and was like, man, like, I can tell you're riding fatigued, and, like, it was, like, five minutes in when he was like, dude, like, you look so fatigued, and so, um, wow. I went, he sent me home, and he's like, you gotta get some water and you. you're gonna, like, die tomorrow, so, uh... I, I get some water in me, and thankfully the next day I was able to uh, you know do the ride with no problems. But we were about seventeen miles into that ride, and uh, there was this guy that was with CB, uh, CBS with us, and he was recording some of us and uh, uh, giving inter. We were giving the interviews, and uh, he he got to me, and you know I thought we were almost done when we went to interview, and he goes, "So we're about halfway in, and we've done the downhill section. How do you feel about the upcoming uphill?" And I was like, "There's <laughs> an uphill." <laughs> And that's when I was like, maybe I should have trained a little harder. So so how did it go? It didn't go too bad. Uh, the, last, the last big hill, uh, I remember that walk. It's a little uh, walk. Walk,
0: I like that. Yeah. I remember that
3: walk. <laughs> I remember that walk. There's a little walk of shame at the end of that one.
0: So, how much time between uh, that Southland Loop trip and going on y'all's first overnighter, which was over at uh, Caprock Canyon?
3: Uh, I think two weeks uh, in between.
0: So, did you do any additional training? Yeah, or just more beers?
3: Uh, I mean, I, I liked. I mixed in a few runs in between beers. Ah, okay. yeah, okay. I, I so, you know with my curls.
0: With your curls, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good. Well. That was a good. That's a good segue into y'all's first overnighter, the uh, the Caprock Canyon uh, trip. Uh, Colby, do you want to give us like just a rundown of what that trip is?
3: Absolutely. Uh, you start in uh, South Plains, Texas, and uh, you're riding on um, recovered uh, railroad beds. The first part of the leg of the trip, and so like it's really cool because you know you get to see like how nature's come back up through this area that was once, like, you know, torn down by settlers and stuff, and then just seeing how it's been preserved. And then you uh, come up to a tunnel, Clarity Tunnel, and it's now populated by free-tail Bats, and it used to be, like, a railroad tunnel. But you get to go through there, and you have to be, you know, like, walk through it to not disturb the environment. But uh, and then eventually it goes through Quiddiquay, Texas, Um, and then that's the last stop before going down into Caprock Canyon State Park.
0: And I remember uh, from earlier that uh, you have a connection to that land that I was interested in hearing more about.
3: Yeah, uh, my uncle actually owns a stretch of land that uh, dips down into the Caprock Canyons. And so when I was younger, I would have to go fetch cattle that got stuck down in there, and I'd camp out overnight. And uh, just hearing the different stories felt made me feel really connected. So when we got to the canyon, it was like coming home for me. And so yeah. like, it was just really interesting, you know, they were talking about the, you know, the heritage of the place and they were asking questions and I was just like popping off answers and I didn't even, you know, I didn't even realize I had the answers until they started asking yeah. questions about, you know, Quanah Parker and the Indians who had uh, hid out in those canyons and uh, escaped up the canyon walls and stuff.
0: Now, yeah, if I remember correctly, that's where Quana Parker put up, like, the last stand before they finally submitted to uh, the go- U.S. government's regulations. And Is uh, that right? It
3: was one of them, uh, but it was Poliduro, actually, where he um, they had the massacre. Right. Yeah, they got that's caught right. down there in, in Poliduro. But before that, the cavalry had chased them into Caprock, and they had escaped up the canyon walls, and they had to report back to the— uh, the u.s army that they had uh, escaped in the canyon
0: yeah they kept going back and forth over yeah uh, the ridge right yeah, yeah they, I, I read um uh empire of the summer moon uh just a few i don't know five or six months ago are you familiar with that book um vaguely uh you're doing you're you, you do know your stuff good
3: yeah, but it was really cool because you know, like also, uh, my family's Native American too. So like, it was like cool getting to see like both sides of it, and like getting to see where b- both my ancestors came from, like the, both the cowboy yeah. and the Indian side. So,
0: uh, man, that is interesting. I'd like to talk to you more about that some other time. Um, so, you've experienced that land oh, your whole life? Yeah, for a big since, portion of it
3: since um, I was like five, six years old, I've been going out there. D-
0: did experiencing it in this other way shift your perspective at all?
3: Honestly, yeah. It made me, like, see the beauty in the land more than I – you know, for me it was just, you know, like a, a normal day. It was just another road. It was just another uh, day at home. And uh, seeing it from this perspective and, like, getting to watch people, like, marvel, uh, you know, at the canyon walls and, like, the scenery around and uh, was really different for me and an eye-opening to, like, why – we need to preserve kind of this like different natural heritage areas in yeah. like the world.
0: Yeah, that's a very special one. And I couldn't agree more. Uh, both of those, that one and Palo Duro Canyon here in Texas are, uh, very historically and naturally, uh, important. Um, what about you, Colton? What was that first overnighter experience like for you?
5: Yeah, it was a it was a really fun experience. I that was my first time packing everything up on a bike. And let me tell you, it is a lot different riding a packed bike than a regular, just like everyday trip.
0: Was that the first time you'd ever ridden your bike yeah. loaded?
5: That was the first time we'd ever you done didn't.
0: it. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Does Jared as like as, does Jared as the instructor uh, hint to y'all that maybe you should load them up and ride them around town or take them out to the local trails prior to going on the overnighter? Or... Uh,
5: Yeah, no, he never mentioned that one. <laughs> <laughs> he said, this is your test run, so get used to it now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I forgot to ask uh, Colby, how, what was the distance of the Caprock Canyon trip? Do you remember? It was like to
3: camp? roughly 62 miles. Um, the thir- 62? 31 down and 31 back. Okay. So
0: yeah, that's a pretty, that's a, that's a good test run. Uh, what was the weather like whenever y'all went?
3: Um, on the way back, it was actually raining. So that was, that was fun. Uh, it's already kind of cool in the morning too. So that was a pretty interesting ride. But on the way there we had good weather with, uh, the wind behind us. Cool. Colton.
0: So, uh, the packing was surprising, but what about the actual trip itself? Like uh you got out there you got all your stuff on your bike 31 miles did it just go smooth as butter
5: the way down was smooth as butter we had the wind at our backs we are going a little downhill slope it was real nice we got there and i think record time for the class is what they said like we got our stuff all unpacked or whatever and dr Foster looked at us watches like it's 2 30 like we still got the whole day left and so of course at that point he said let's go do some more biking and so then we went on some like single track that was down there and that one kinda killed my legs afterwards. So that made the way back less smooth as butter, because that one <laughs> at that point I was a little bit less good on food. I had cramps in my legs, and then we decided to head back up the canyon. We saw 31 miles and that day the wind was blowing at least 20 miles against us in some places. It was not as yeah. much fun. I'll put it that way, but I felt accomplished afterwards. And
0: yeah, that that area is pretty flat, so you're getting like all the wind. There's no trees or anything to really block it, is there?
5: There's a few sections where like some rock walls would block it, but then there. I just remember this one long stretch. It was probably it probably wasn't as long as I was thinking it was, but it felt like forever. Where there was just no protection, we were just out in the open, and the wind was just blasting us. I was getting kind of lightheaded. I was running low on water. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this one. (laughs) So what'd you do? Stepped off the bike for like a few seconds, got some water and then made it to the next stop. And then after that, it was all good.
0: Yeah. I'm curious. Did you find uh, on this just first trip that as, as students, as friends that y'all were coming together and like, I don't know, checking in on each other or anything like that? Or was it kind of like every man for himself?
5: It was actually cool. That was Kind of like the point in the class where we were all starting to get to know each other pretty well, so we all could talk to each other easily, and we all were starting to have some close people that were pretty close. Colby and I were gonna share tents or whatever, but we decided not to for this trip. For Big Ben, we were gonna share a tent. We were getting close, and so like every time we'd stop and we'd take pictures or something, we'd always have like one of our <sighs> friends ride through the same section again, get him to get a good shot or have a conversation real quick.
0: Now, Najla, you weren't able to go on this trip? No, I wasn't. Were you pretty bummed about that?
4: Um, was I pretty bummed about it? I was, overall, I was kind of bummed because I couldn't participate in a class anymore, so I guess that would go along with it because I was like, man, I could actually get this, but I didn't, but I was also in a boot and I had never been in a boot before, so it's was like, I don't want to to hurt again. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I don't think you want to go uh, ride your bike with a boot. I've never tried it. It doesn't sound like very much fun. No. What about you, Taylor? How did that first trip go for you?
2: It was awesome and horrible and lots of different things. Um, Welcome to
0: bikepacking. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect answer. <laughs> it was wonderful and horrible. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
2: Um, I learned that I eat a lot more food than I think that I do so I ate pretty much all the snacks I brought first day second day I when we stopped in Kitikway we would go into the is it all subs I think um and I bought four king-sized Snickers bars ate them all in yeah. the span of there to back which I think Dr. Foster judged me for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't um, think he judge you
0: too harshly. There's many people who do this only for the snacks. They'll like the eat super healthy, like almost all the time, but then they go and do one of these and it's just like junk food.
2: It's kind of amazing. Um, we walked through bat poop twice. That was an interesting experience. It came out of my shoes with three rounds of bleach, but like it came out. I was really impressed with that. Uh-huh. Um, My sleeping pad popped immediately. Oh. and Were you cowboy
0: camp, or should I say, were you cowgirl camping, or did you have a tent?
2: I was cowgirl camping. So... So,
0: yeah, yeah, go ahead. How was it to sleep your first night, Caprock Canyon, uh, on the ground?
2: So, I mean, I wasn't expecting a lot out of my sleeping pad. I got it on... Amazon and it was probably like 12 bucks and so I was like if this gets me through tonight I'll be happy with it. It popped, but um other than that, it was fine. I like forget, I guess. I wake up a lot in the middle of the night and I'm like and I have a lot of dreams and so I kept having these like crazy dreams and waking up and I was outside on the ground and it was just kind of like kind of scary. Sometimes <laughs> I would hear like coyotes howling and I was just like, "Oh. Okay, yeah. this is this is fun. Good times."
0: Yeah, it puts things in perspective. Uh, Were y'all able to see the stars that night?
2: Yeah, I think that we had a pretty good view of the night sky if I'm remembering correctly.
0: Yeah, that's one, yeah, I've been there where you're just like looking up, the stars are going crazy and that coyotes are howling and you're just like, man, I am out here right now. Taylor, how did you react when you found out there was no restrooms and bikepacking?
2: So I didn't think about this until we were halfway through the class. Um, I won one of the scholarships that Anna Claire Beasley does for this class. And you, you
0: won the scholarship? They yes. Won. Oh, awesome.
2: Um, and so Anna Claire came over to my apartment and she was showing me stuff and we were just talking and she was like, oh yeah, so like have you planned for how you're going to go to the bathroom? And I was like, what? <laughs> and that had to be explained to me <laughs>
0: <laughs> and how'd you feel about that
2: um you know it's not like I think it's horrible like to be honest I, I I I wasn't that freaked out by it I think the thing that was the weirdest to me is like how far am I gonna have to walk mm-hmm. for me to be like out of like this like out of sight distance of everyone else and also like how tired am I going to be? Is there going to be a point where I'm like just on the horizon? Like, how is it really going to go? Yeah. So I was a little concerned. I figured that I'd probably be tired enough that it wouldn't matter, but yeah, definitely a little bit shocking to think about the actual logistics.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. It's one of those things that you part of life. What about you, Colton? I hear you had a good, good bathroom story.
5: Yeah. This one is actually one of my friends on the trip. It's I got to say. It's one of my okay. favorite memories from this class. Uh, hit me so we were on one of the trips and we're all just kind of talking like having a good conversation guy walks up behind us one of the guys on the class and he has a shovel in one hand and a full roll of toilet paper in the other and he says how do you do this? Uh. (laughs) so we explained it to him he looks a little confused and so he takes off he starts hiking up one of the hills and it's been like 30 minutes or something we're starting to get worried you're like is he okay it's gonna get dark soon and just next thing we know it's like picture perfect moment Sun like right behind him like looking heroic comes over the top of the hill he says hey guys i'm one with nature now
0: (laughs) oh you know it's funny like how long do you wait before you go check on him i don't
5: know
0: <laughs> <laughs> right Because like you don't want to walk in on you somebody give them right time,
5: but at the same time
0: but did they get yeah, bit by you're in the middle of
5: nowhere so anything could have gone wrong huh
0: yeah that's i've never thought about that before but that is a conundrum we'll have to figure out what the appropriate amount of time is i feel like 40 minutes 45 minutes Forty-five. you're safe I feel yeah. like that's Forty-five.
5: Still... That's a long time. I don't know. I'd be scared.
0: No, but you said he was going 30. Yeah. So, I mean, he was cutting it close to that 45-minute mark. For
5: sure. <laughs> I would not want to be having to go the bathroom right. outside for 30 minutes, though.
0: Huh. It's it's part of the fun of bikepacking, I guess. We'll just chalk it up to part of the experience. <laughs> so, <clears throat> All right, so y'all had prepared all semester, gone on some training rides. You did your first trip getting ready to go uh taylor i think you were the one who said you were all packed up three days before the trip to big ben ranch state park and it was canceled um but i understand that some people went on the trip who here went on the trip i did to big ben i went on the trip and that's colton Colton okay so Colton you were you were the only one that went to Big Bend out of this group but were there other people from your class that went with you
5: or yeah there ended up being let me think I think six of us total which included uh one of the guys that came along as a guide uh and they were all from the class they were all part of the class and just for,
0: uh, you know, disclosure, full disclosure. So was the state park closed down? What, what was, how did y'all work the logistics uh, It was actually kind
5: of crazy because like it wasn't as big of a deal. Like the world hadn't gone quite as crazy about COVID-19 whenever we were heading out there. So we had no problems mm-hmm. going up there. Like no one was making us like wear masks or like stay out of buildings or different things. And so we go into the ranger station, we sign in. And as we're coming back, we all got our cell service back right at that ranger station. We found out that that was actually the last station left open in Texas was the one that we were in.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
5: And then after that, everything was just crazy. Like we went back into Terlingua and we actually spent another night out there just because no one was ready to head back to this craziness yet. And so we just, okay.
0: So back up real quick. So you go to the ranger station and they inform you that you're the first or they are the last ranger station still open are, and they're like, okay with y'all going on, out and bike, bike. Oh packing? no, that,
5: um, once we got back, they were the only ones open. Whenever we went out there, oh. like everything was open. And then within the like I got three you. to four days that we were out there, like everything shut down.
0: Okay. Okay. So what, so how long were you out there? How many miles did you do?
5: We spent three nights out there and I'm pretty sure we got around 60 miles in.
0: And how did it go? I mean,
5: uh, I gotta say, yeah, well, it was a once in a lifetime experience. I'm like completely thrilled that I decided to go and do it. Like it really brought into perspective what real bikepacking was to me. Because you really get the whole feel of the mountain and the rocks underneath you, the actual difficulty of the terrain. You didn't quite get that in the Cap Rock one because it was mostly just like smooth roads almost. But then whenever you're out there and like a day's like away from medical assistance, like and you're out there on your own, like you really get a feel for yeah. what, like how real everything is at that moment.
0: Oh, yeah. Did anything go wrong? Any... Any scary moments? We
5: had two scary moments back to back. So we had, we'd gone through all the way and we were spending our last night. We'd stopped for camp. We were like, we'd already set up camp and everything, but we still had most of the day left because one of the guys with us was working on his grad project. And so he's asking us to get some footage of some like rides that he could repeat over and over to compare footage with. And so at this point we'd taken all our bags off our bikes and everything And I was actually the first one that he asked to like put a GoPro on me and do this one run. And so we took all the bags off, they put the GoPro on, and he said, go. Like, and i had been waiting to hear that the whole time. Like, I was so pumped to just take off and like go for it. But I guess I didn't realize how steep on the way down this hill that we had just come up actually was. So Mm. I was hauling. I was going about as hard as I could push. And... We got. I got to the bottom of this hill, and there's this massive, like, riverbed kind of thing. And it had a big incline right at the bottom. And I hit that thing, and I I actually caught about... I would probably go with two seconds of air. Like, I was in the air for a lot longer than I was comfortable with. <laughs> Crash landed into a bush, and <laughs> I actually ended up dislocating one of my thumbs. But <laughs> yeah. Really? So I rode out the rest of... You
0: just pop it back oh, in, yeah. or what?
5: We had... I had another girl right behind me and she didn't see the crash cause I'd kind of gone a little bit further ahead, but she like pulled up after she saw that I'd wrecked and she's like, are you okay? And I was like holding everything. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I was like, wait, hold up. You know what? You're going to want to turn around for this. <laughs> and so she turned around. I just shoved my thumb back into place.
0: Have you done that before?
5: I've done it with my shoulder. I've never done it with my thumb.
0: Huh? Yeah. Well, it's either that or call somebody yeah
5: i mean it was fine it wasn't going to be a big deal it still honestly hurts a little bit every once in a while but so what was the other uh experience like two runs later somebody did something similar and he slid like he flew over the handlebars and he slid across the ground and cut his hand up on some rocks and his hand was pretty messed up like I've, if i can get you some pictures yeah. or some video we took of it like it was it was dripping blood everywhere and <laughs>
0: Was this day one of the trip? It was what the day last was night this? that
5: we were going to spend. Oh,
0: it was the last yeah. night? I'm surprised to hear that. You would think like by the end of the trip, you'd be like, oh, I think I know what happened. I, the end of the trip, you were feeling confident it had gone well. No one had wrecked or anything. And so you're like, man, I yeah. got this. I'm just going to bomb these hills. Was it just an overconfidence? It was thing? that
5: and the fact for me, I think it was the lightness of the bike. After riding so many miles with loaded down, like I wasn't used to just being able to go that fast.
0: yeah. Bikes, I mean, it probably doesn't need to be said, but they handle way different with weight on them. And some of them, uh, handle better with weight cause they kind of keep your traction. You're not bouncing all around, yeah. you know? So what was your biggest takeaway from that big bend experience the the trip that you took?
5: So I think my biggest takeaway from particularly that trip was just one, <laughs> Just hang on and let your bike go downhill. First of all, I t- I found out you're not supposed to like maneuver it in and out. Once it's going downhill, it's going downhill. So that's the technical thing. <laughs> and then I just kind of learned to stop and appreciate things. I mean, we we were on a trip and we no longer were on the same schedule that Doctor Foster had us on. So we kind of could do things at our pace or whatever, however we wanted to do it. And so we got to stop at some like old ruins where. I don't remember what period they were from, but some ancient civilizations left like handprints and stuff. We got to just sit, eat lunch and take it all in.
0: Yeah. There's some really neat spots like that. What about, um, do you, do you feel like more capable just as a person? Like, if you know, you can go out and survive in Big Ben for four days. Like, do you walk away from that feeling like okay, I can go to school and sit here and take some notes or, you know, whatever.
5: I would definitely say that it's a little bit different sitting in class and taking notes, but I do feel significantly (laughs) more accomplished as a person. I do feel pretty good about having done that and having that experience under my belt and knowing that I can survive that, and I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Awesome. What about
0: you, uh, Colby? Uh, You didn't get to go on the trip, but, I mean, you certainly went through the rest you, you prepared like everybody else did what was it like for you to not be able to go on that trip
3: honestly uh i i'm bad about checking my email so i didn't know till like the day of that it was canceled and i like i i, I pretty i'm pretty sure i cried uh to be honest um i, I was really ready and looking forward to that and I, I got the messages about uh potentially going uh without um dr foster in them and I couldn't because my girlfriend's mom's wedding was going on. And so she was like, as soon as she heard it was canceled, she's like, this is so great. And I was like. Uh, You should have told her. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, very great. But uh, so I had to miss that. But it it was pretty disappointing. Um, But, uh, you know, I got to have fun with her and her family. So there's positives to both sides.
0: Sure. Is there a part of you that wants to recreate your own kind of trip and uh, and and I mean, you got to go on the Caprock Canyon, but do you have any aspirations to go out there and put something else together?
3: Absolutely, I've actually been trying to buy my own bike. I was renting uh, for the class, and so now I'm looking in to get my own bike. Um, and when I do, I'm gonna probably hit up Colton, and we'll we'll go for something. Sweet. Yeah. Where
0: Where do you think y'all will go? Do you got any uh, any ideas or? Well, the way he's
3: been talking about Big Ben, it makes me uh, want to try it out. So yeah, gonna have to. Find it's
0: it's it's good. I mean, Colton's been, he can tell you, all the other classes that have been, but it's serious, so take a spot tracker, guys. Be safe.
3: For sure. If we d- We'll we probably talk someone else in the class into going with us if we do it.
0: Yeah. You might be able to talk me into going. I'm I, always down to go out there. I mean,
3: if you want to come down here and drink a few beers on the trail with me.
0: <laughs> I drink whiskey, but we'll, we can make it work. We um, can still hang.
3: I do, too, coincidentally
0: whiskey is like or bourbon is for bike packing right because you can't carry a bunch of beers yeah. it's compact it gets to the point it gets
3: it gets you there without a lot of space being taken up it's all about exactly. spacing
0: yeah man you got to be conscious of what you're bringing on your bike whenever you go on these trips you got to carry it for however many miles or days or whatever so you got to be smart man
3: plus it's just more classy i mean a good bourbon oh, for Sure. yeah
0: I've i've often been referred to as classy that's Usually what how people
3: refer to me. It's the beard, man. I'm telling you.
0: Yeah, baby. All right. Well, I mean, I, I hope that y'all both get to it. Anybody else is hoping to recreate a similar trip like that or something different?
2: Yeah. Um So I would say maybe not recreating that exact trip, but I think the possibilities have kind of been opened up. Like even just doing the overnighter kind of was like, oh. I could just go do this. Yeah. I could figure out where I want to go. And like, I literally like I, my fiance bought a mountain bike and we've been like riding at May Simmons and like, now I'm like, Oh, like after this is over, like, where are we going to go? Like, what are we going to do? What's the next place? Like, we're going to go like mountain biking. And like, it's really cool to have that like option, I guess it's yeah. a whole new world of like things you can do. So
0: did, did the bikepacking aspect of this class teach you anything about yourself that you didn't know or grow in some way?
2: Yeah, um, this is probably, I guess, kind of a weird way to, like, say I grew in a class that's so physically demanding, but, um, one of the coolest parts for me was the relationships. I'm what I like to call a shy extrovert, so, um, I've had, like, the same group of friends since I was a kid, mostly from soccer, And I love talking to people, love being around people. I work with children every day, or I used to at least. And um, usually, I'm surrounded by people, always talking, always going. But I'm not really great at making new friends um, or making new relationships. Or at least I thought I wasn't. Yeah. Um, So I guess one of the things this class taught me is like I can, I can go do that. And also, you know, you kind of just have to put yourself out there. You got to say yes and got to go if you really want to make make new relationships and create new experiences.
0: Yeah. I could see that being, I mean, with the uh, soccer team, like you were saying, you're used to from the age of 3 to 18, 15 years of always being on a team, of having those people. I played soccer from 4 to 17, I think, so similar. Uh, but I had that same, you're just used to having a team. You know, it's not, there's no I in team. Well, in bikepacking, it's all about you. You got to be self-sufficient. You got to bring what you need. You got to carry the things you need. Nobody's gonna bring, you know, do it for you. Um, the neat thing about this class, though, is you can't support each door. other. You can be there for each, uh, each other emotionally. I saw a lot of that whenever I went um, with the uh, the 2019 class. And it was awesome to see, honestly, like because much like y'all start off, you don't really know each other, but by the end of the class, I mean, you're just like bound by the fact of necessity of needing to be there for somebody else. You know, you can't call home to mom, can't do all these things. You're just in it with these people. So, uh, it, it kind of forces you to be together and, or come together. I should say, I have a fun question. Najala, uh, Najala, hey. <laughs> Najala. I, I'm curious, did you learn anything, uh, about Jared Foster? that surprised you?
4: Did I learn anything about him that surprised me? Um,
0: yeah. I mean, you hear about a class, you're like, there's this crazy professor that's taking kids out, oh, sorry, I say kids, <laughs> uh, young adults, <laughs> out You know, in the middle of nowhere, camping on bikes. Uh, I don't know, what was it like to like meet him?
4: I mean, I've had like multiple encounters with him before the class and he has never been a professor of mine but i just whenever we would see each other we'd be like oh hey i see oh hey so um did i learn i would probably say i learned that he's more on the daredevil side of things like it's kind of like you're new to this but you can do it and you're gonna do it so it's kind of it's more so he's really adamant about pushing people into these environments that are like not normal to say and doing these activities that aren't normal so I could say he's pushed me a lot but he's also very um he's very flexible and he's he's really like although I got hurt he was he really like he accommodated me a lot so although I wasn't able to go on the big bend trip and do mountain biking although he was like like as soon as he found out i got hurt he was like who knows you could be out of this in two weeks and right back on the bike i was like doctor said don't do that Mm -hmm. but (laughs) although i had that um injury he still made it possible for me to still get the experience that i wanted and still be able to get a feel for adventure just behind the camera not actually doing it so he really accommodated me and, but I did, he was like, he was really adamant about, you know, you you might can get out this boot sooner than you think. And I was like, no.
0: <laughs> that is what I learned about Jared Foster was that, uh, he's a little bit of a daredevil and he doesn't mind pushing his students, I mean, he just pushes like right up to the edge. You know, he'll, he'll you know, you might fall, you might get hurt. Um, you know he's had injuries in his class and stuff, but everybody knows what they're signing up for, and uh, it's it's really a, a great experience. So I I I'll tell you, you know, the first time uh, I heard about this when Jared was telling me about it, I'm like, you are freaking crazy because I know Big Bend Ranch State Big 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 Bend Ranch State Park. It's out in the middle of nowhere. You're in the desert. Uh, there's a lot of things that could go wrong, and to take 16 people with limited experience, um, or sometimes no experience out to do this kind of thing. It's, it's crazy. And it's also very admirable, uh, admirable. So let's give some advice to other, uh, newcomers to bikepacking, whether you like to admit it, y'all have a little bit of experience. You've learned a few things. Um, so what would you share to somebody who was looking to take their first trip? Um, Colby, let's start with you. What what uh, advice would you give to a new bike packer?
3: Well, if you're doing an overnight trip, the first thing I would suggest, the most important thing that I learned is get all of the weight that you can under your center of gravity. It makes it so much easier. I had most of my water on my back for uh, the Caprock trip, and it was, it was difficult riding. Um, not, not the best situation. Um, and I also, I, I completely cowboyed it on the way, uh, on that trip because I did a a bedroll sack, which is like what you use in the winter and it's the summer, which is a super, super light cloth, um, that you can just roll out and that's all I slept in. And so I would suggest bring some padding to sleep with. Um, Bring, bring
0: so some Taylor didn't have padding on accident. You didn't have padding on purpose, but you regret it.
3: Well, like, I was kind of using it as, you know, because I had camped out with limited supplies in that country before. So I was kind of using it as a gauge for Big Bend on uh, the time of year. And so I was like, well, I mean, this is just one night. Might as well, if I'm going to suffer, might as well have it for one night And because I didn't have all the equipment I needed. So uh, I could get my uh, parents to send up my equipment uh, that i needed for the trip uh depending on how much i needed
0: so learn how to pack your weight in the i mean you want all your heavy stuff low basically for handling yeah you want it off your back, so your back doesn't hurt your back is putting pressure on your bum which is what's sitting on the saddle so there's a lot of reasons why just having it off your back somewhere lower makes a lot of sense
3: yeah which I, I got most of it under i just i'd put my water in my bag and that was like the heaviest thing i had and uh yeah so yeah water
0: is it the was
3: Swashing around on the turns and i was just like oh
0: yeah I can, I can imagine I've never been bikepacking with like, I don't know, five pounds of water on my back, but I've done like mountain biking and yeah, you can, it definitely has its own equilibrium. Colton, what, what would you, uh, what, wait, what was the question I ever got? Yeah. What, <laughs> what advice would you give to other, uh, would be, or could be might be bike packers?
5: I would just like to say, don't let the fear of starting, get in the way of you trying it. Like at the beginning, it was, it was rough, but as long as you keep going, it gets a lot easier and it just turns into a blast and you're going to, you will not regret your decision to start getting into the sport. It's going to be, there's of course going to be some falls, but you get back up and you do it again and you're going to love it.
0: I love it. Uh, how many of y'all, that have or that i'm talking to right now how many of y'all are going to continue cycling and or bikepacking raise your hand <laughs> <laughs> all right so we got a taylor is a yes colton is a yes colby's a yes Najila is a
4: maybe eh, maybe it's um Oh no, we're just gonna have to take it slow. Cause again, my first time, and I get hurt the first like experience. So yeah. we're gonna take it slow and see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think that'd be a good good move. I always recommend to people, man. You don't have to bite off too much in the beginning. You can test your gear in the backyard if you got one. You can you know load up your bike right around the neighborhood and then sleep in your backyard. I've done a lot of bi- backyard you know camping or or just testing out. Yeah. Uh, Colby, what's up?
3: Najala, if it makes you feel any better, I broke my leg the first time that's, I went mountain biking. That's true. So, like, it, it, it could get, like, it gets rough. Um, but, I mean, you just got to get back on. That next time, if you if you get on, it'll be a lot better. Trust me.
0: I like it. I'd love to see uh, Colby and Colton. Y'all are going to sound like do another one and uh, see if y'all can all get out there and do it together and give Najala that experience that she missed out on. Just start on the road, then go to the trails, you know, build up to it. There's no hurry. And that's another great thing about bikepacking, man. You're not going that fast usually, unless you're Colton. Uh, You're usually just taking it pretty easy, (laughs) enjoying the scenery, you know? Uh, Well, thank y'all so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. But before we close it out, is there anything that anybody else wanted to share or talk about that I missed or forgot? No. Nope. Excellent. Well, you all get A's. Congratulations.
3: <laughs> Thanks, Professor Patrick. I appreciate Patrick. y'all huh? Thanks, Professor Patrick.
0: Oh man, you can say that again. Yeah. <laughs> what do don't they give like honorary degrees to they, people they should sometimes? just
3: give you one. an honorary degree in adventure media.
0: Just yeah, talk I'm to, gonna send this over to yeah, foster, f- foster and tell <laughs> all right, y'all. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate it. I'm glad everybody got out fairly well unscathed. Um, there are band-aids and bike packing, but that's okay. It makes us stronger. All right. All right. Thank you everybody for tuning in and thank you to Taylor, Nigela, Colton, and Colby. Appreciate y'all coming on and sharing your experiences. Uh, It was a pleasure to get to talk to you, and I hope that we get to uh, follow up with each other one day and see how your journeys have progressed um, as you get deeper and deeper into this addiction, this new lifestyle called bikepacking. All right, everybody. Well, I am gonna try to get back on track with releasing an episode every week. Things got kind of crazy in my life. Um, I also have recorded an episode with Kate Boyle, that had some audio issues. So my friend Douglas Edge out in California is working on that um, so that I can release it. It was actually kind of bad. And I don't know, it was like a weird technical thing that I don't know how to prevent in the future and it kind of sucks. But anyway, that's part of the reason why uh, it's been three weeks since I released an episode. Um, That and then yeah, just stuff going on uh, in my personal life. But I'm going to try to get back on track, like I said, so uh, hopefully the audio for Kate Boyles will be ready to release next week and we can just keep rolling them out from there. As always, everybody, I appreciate it. I appreciate your support, Um, whether it is financial or just a message. um, Y'all are great. I appreciate it. And I've said it before, but you are the PSI in my knobby tires that keep me rolling down those gravel roads all right everybody it is a beautiful day in texas i hope it's beautiful where you are uh but i need to get off of here get this released, so you can listen to it and i'm gonna go ride my damn bike you
1: load up your bike you ride away from home you could be with your friends or you could be alone you ride for a day or maybe more you just love being in the great outdoors everything including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes.